If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we look at the latest crop report with harvest now reaching 90% complete. We have an update on grain movement from the Grain Transportation Coalition. Real Agriculture talks with the chief economist at FCC. The farm weather is in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Harvest is advancing rapidly across Saskatchewan. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says 90% of the crop has been combined. That's up nine points from last week. It was an excellent week uh, weather-wise. It stayed dry and, and that allowed farmers to get a lot more in the bin. So the province is sitting at 90% of the crop now harvested, up from 81% last week and still well ahead of that five-year average of 82%. So producers in the province are in a very good position. I understand some may have to dry their grain for storage. Mainly mainly in the southeast and, and east central and up into the northeast, um, very tough and damp grain is coming off. And so many producers are using grain dryers or aeration bins to get that moisture content down. What area is least advanced? Least advanced is the east central. So in the southwest and west central, they're basically done harvest. They're still waiting on some flax fields to come off. And then the northwest has 94% of their crop off. The northeast, 87. Southeast, 86. And like I just said, the east central with 81 being uh, the runner-up. Any precipitation this past week? No, I know very little rain across the province this past week. Some trace amounts here and there, maybe a few millimeters, but nothing to change those dry conditions. Tell me about the uh, latest topsoil moisture rating. Well, it's no surprise to anybody that we've seen a decline in our topsoil moisture just with how infrequent those rains have been. So for cropland, its rate is 28% adequate, 41% short, and 31% very short, followed by hay and pasture, which is rated as 22% adequate, 41% short, and 37% very short. So we're hoping for a good steady rain in the coming weeks here before the freeze up for winter to just replenish those soils and, and get farmers on the right foot to start off on the right foot next spring. Tell me about crop quality and yield, a comment or two on yield as well. So yields look very good across the province and especially in the eastern and, and northern regions where that, that moisture was received just in time to carry that crop through. Some very poor yields have been seen in the west central and southwest with pockets of, uh, of, of those regions seeing better yields than they did last year. But still, many producers coming out with single digit yields in some of those areas. When it comes to quality, we, we asked for uh, the quality of hard red spring wheat this week. And that was coming in at 75% grade 1, 23% grade 2, 2% grade 
grade three. So that's very, very good to see, especially when compared to the 10-year average, which is 39% grade one, 35% grade two, 17% grade three, and 9% grade four feed. So very, very good to see for quality-wise, especially after a season where we did see a, a bit more moisture. What were the main causes of crop losses past week? Crop damage or loss was, was minimal, of course, with how little crop is still left out there. The main contributors this week was wind, some waterfowl, and that wildlife trampling through. So that wind just continues to, to wreak havoc on any un- unharvested crops. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The two major railways are having a more difficult time filling hopper car orders and the number of unfulfilled orders is increasing rapidly. The Ag Transport Coalition monitors railway performance on behalf of grain companies and various producer groups. It has released new stats for shipping week 8, which covered the period between September 19th to the 25th. CP Rail only supplied 61% of hopper car orders compared to 79% the previous week. CN Rail checked in at 83%, down from 88% in shipping week 7. Grain Elevators ordered 7,100 cars from CP in shipping week 8, 27% increase from the previous week. CN had orders for 5,100 cars, the highest number since December 2020. Milt Poirier with QGI Consulting monitors railway performance on behalf of the Ag Transport Coalition. His comments come from the Grain by Train podcast produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. Demand is growing across the board. Performance seems to be becoming a little bit less even across the board. So it's going to be interesting to watch here in the next few weeks, I think, at the provincial level. Since uh, late summer, projections for the crop for this year, uh, people have been comparing it to uh, the record year of uh, two years ago, 2020-21, which is, you know, the favorite year that both railways love to tout their performance in because they were setting records basically on a monthly basis. But if you look historically back over the grain shipping year, the peak period, which comes every year, generally runs from about right now through to the end of December. The railways had a good year in 2021 with a significant drop in grain exports due to drought. The railways performed well in 2020 with a large crop due in large part to COVID and the resulting reduction in exports of other commodities, which allowed for more cars to be devoted to grain. Poirier compares grain car demand between the two years. On average, each week during that peak period, shippers were ordering almost 11,500 cars a week when you put CN and CP together. And just to contrast that a little bit, last year, which was, of course, was the drought-reduced year, that number was 7,200 cars a week during that same period. So that's about a 40% drop, which is consistent with what we saw all year, you know, for the grain movement last year versus the prior year. Right now, CP Rail is receiving a higher number of rail car orders from the southern prairies. It's been an easier road for CN Rail to date, but that will change soon. You know, their test, I think, is yet to come. And that's going to change pretty quick here, I think, because one of the regions that's been slow in its harvesting activities, if you will, I think most people would agree probably three weeks or so behind normal, is the Peace region of northern Alberta. That, of course, is a key sourcing region for CN. It's exclusive to CN because CP doesn't service that part of the country. 
and they're just now wrapping up their harvest. So I would expect that we're going to see probably some pretty significant volumes start to come out of that region. A lot of that stuff goes to Prince Rupert, and what doesn't go to Prince Rupert tends to go to Vancouver. Volumes in the Vancouver corridor are already really high, probably going to get higher. Poirier says rail car orders are starting to back up, especially for CP Rail. And if you think back to what the railways wrote in their grain plan, the CP's quote-unquote committed rail capacity for this time of year is about 6,000 cars a week. So, you know, if they're looking at 7,200, the likelihood of them making that is not very good by their own admission. So the problem is that once this happens for a couple of weeks in a row and the railway is, you know, lugging this outstanding order problem behind them from week to week to week to week, it becomes hard for them to catch up and get even, if you will. And that problem, frankly, only gets worse the closer that you get to winter. So that's the real worry. I mean, it's okay to have a bad week here and a bad week there. But when you start putting them back to back to back with big numbers like this, it's going to be hard to shake that tail unless something drastic happens. Milpoyer is with QGI Consulting and monitors the railway's grain transportation performance. That work is being done on behalf of the Egg Transport Coalition, a group of grain companies and producer groups. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned RM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Well, yesterday on the news here on the show, we talked about FCC's first half of 2022 land value report. And price was a little bit steamy. Over 8% nationally was the average. All of that considering interest rates are on the rise. So what do we make of it? Here to join us right now to chat about it and break it all down is the author of that report. It is J.P. Gervais, Chief Economist with Farm Credit Canada. J.P., welcome to the show. Yay, always a pleasure to be here. I have to admit, JP, when when I saw the number that was put on the board, I, I was quite surprised. Uh, b- break down the analysis that Farm Credit Canada and yourself did here on these land value prices. Is they're over eight percent in the first half nationally? Yeah, I totally get why you would be surprised, right? One of the things I think the mindset of people in the industry right now is all about inflation and interest rates. So, so when we're looking at uh, an average increase of 8.1, uh, in some cases, a double digit increase uh, for, first, for the first six months of the year in some provinces. And so you might be like, wow, okay, this is quite significant knowing what we know about what's going on in the operating environment. Having said that, you know, if you look at the first six months of the year and you look at the sales that have been recorded, negotiated. I mean, a lot of those sales were actually negotiated, recorded prior to the significant increase in interest rates that we got in July. And even prior to some of the the start of the the tightening of the Bank of Canada that started out in, in March, right? So the July increase was really the big one, um, a 1% increase in the overnight rate of the Bank of Canada. We had prior to that uh, three meetings or three decisions of the bank to lift its overnight rate, but it started out slowly, right? So I, so when I think about it, yes, at first sight, wow, you know, we're 
that it looks as if, you know, interest rates had no impact. But at the bottom line is that, yeah, they did not have much of an impact given that much of the increase actually happened afterwards, right? So I think going forward, the next six months are really going to be key to understand the impact of interest rates on online values. And I think we saw this in the housing market where it's not only did those, were those deals negotiated prior to the real where we really kind of got steamy with the July hike is some, what would you call it front loading where people are like anticipating higher rates coming and, and trying to get that land purchase in before the rates really start to go higher. So you know they, they kind of lower some of their borrowing costs because I think that happened in the housing market. So could that be an element here too? I'm sure that that's the case, because if you look at our disbursements at FCC, we usually would have a split of 50-50 between fixed rates and variable rates. And and at the beginning of Q1 of 2022, Q1 of this year, it was about 75 fixed, 25 variable, knowing that we're never going to get the variable rate disbursements down all the way to zero. A lot of that is credit lines, operating lines, and so forth. So um, definitely, right? So in that sense, a lot of businesses, farm operators, were expecting higher rates and if they were expecting higher rates when it came to their loan portfolio I have no doubt to believe that they also were expecting in, in, in terms of their land purchases as well that rates would go up so I do think that there's there's some of that for sure you, you mentioned deals that were recorded or in the database uh, that's always a question that comes up from the audience at real agriculture is how do deals get into the database like what 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 swath of deals are we talking about here yeah so it's all arm's length transactions that get in our database, but we go two different ways, right? We go, we have a set of benchmark properties that are across the country. So if you take a province, whether it's Alberta, Saskatchewan, and then you, you break it down in different regions and you break it down within a region into the different benchmarks. And so we keep the same benchmarks year after year after year. And we appraise these benchmarks ourselves using transactions that we collect in our database. So, I mean, if for a specific benchmark, Pick a location, you're going to have four or five sales that will go into appraising the value of that benchmark. And that you know feeds into an overall average for the region, province, and so forth. But we don't stop there because we don't want to leave out uh, thousands of transactions, really, right? So, because uh, it's not just four or five transactions that impact a benchmark, it's the overall dynamics of the market. So, take all the transactions. And then those are not transactions that FCC is involved in in terms of financing. They're all publicly you know, released and recorded transactions that we go and dig and put in our database. So there's a lot of data actually that go into those hmm. those estimates. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. ARM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no point but necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny today with a high of 8 degrees, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the low minus 5 tonight. Friday, sunny. Wind west 20, the high tomorrow 15, the low 0. Saturday sunny with a high 21, the low plus 1. Sunday sunny, the high 17, the low plus 2. Monday sunny, the high 20, 30% chance of evening showers, the low 6. Tuesday cloudy, 60% chance of showers and windy, the high 9, the low minus 3. Wednesday sunny with a high of 10 degrees, normal high is 14, the normal low minus 1.
Sunrose at 7.06 this morning. It sets at 6.27 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at 12 degrees. The cold spot up North Island Falls at 3. Estevan is 4. Saskatoon, 6. Swift Current, 8. Weyburn, 5. Yorkton, 3 degrees. Regina is sunny and 4. That's 39 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 3. Humidity is 50%. The barometer rising, 104.0. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 6 degrees. Winds are from the east at 11. Once again, Regina, sunny and 4. That's 39 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Tim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougallick Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. This is Animal Health Week in Saskatchewan in recognition of the high level of care provided by farmers and ranchers for their livestock. A key person in the chain is the local veterinarian. The provincial government has introduced a loan forgiveness program to attract more young veterinarians to large animal practices in rural areas. Jackson Gowdy is a second-year veterinary student, having already spent a couple of years at the University of Saskatchewan's College of Agriculture and Bioresource before being accepted into the Western College of Veterinary Medicine. Jackson was raised on a large cattle ranch in the Stoughton area, about 140 kilometers southeast of Regina. Growing up on the farm, I seen what a large role a veterinarian plays in the community, and I wanted to focus more on bovine reproduction work, and there is no better way to do that than to become a veterinarian. Jackson Gowdy says the local veterinarian has been a very good mentor. This past summer, I worked with Dr. Ann Cornelligan. She was a 1978 graduate. She's been in practice for 43 years now, and there's no better mentor for me because she knows lots about our community, and I grew up around her, so I learned a lot from her. And he was very busy over the summer. I did pretty much anything that I was capable of doing after first year. I was involved in different types of surgeries and vaccinations with cats, dogs. Uh, I did lots of reproduction work with cattle, including semen testing bulls. I was able to do three C-sections on cows, so I was very fortunate to get all that experience in my first summer. Jackson Gowdy of Stoughton is a second-year vet student at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The president of Regina-based AGT Foods spoke in Yorkton last night at the annual Chamber of Commerce Business Dinner. Murad El-Khatib says Saskatchewan needs to make better use of our water resources. Yeah, you listen, we have an infrastructure gap in this province. I mean, we talk about fresh water being one of the scarcest resources in the world, and land and water give Saskatchewan a big competitive advantage. You know, projects like the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Project, better water delivery systems, wastewater in, in, in communities like Yorkton, Regina, I mean, we're underdeveloped in terms of our ability to service the water required that's going to be needed for value-added agricultural production. It's a generational opportunity. We need governments of all levels 
to recognize that in order to get that value added to the point that will be there to feed the world, we got to invest in long-term infrastructure on the on the uh, community side, and we got to get our trade infrastructure right. We got to plan for the next 50 years because agriculture is going to grow in the next decade. You know, 10, 20 million tons, and potash is growing, and other things are growing. We got to get our transportation houses in order. Al Khatib also says transportation portals need to improve. I'm talking about more efficiency. We need a road, rail, port, you know, infrastructure. We need our container and intermodal system, you know, to be much more efficient. You know, containers are a surge capacity for grain in this uh, country. As we do more value added, we need to get that product to market. So, you know, we need to plan to get railways out of the centers of major cities. We need to plan to double track. We need to address uh, North Vancouver congestion. We gotta get our products to market because Canada's reliability is needed. The world needs a bit of Canada now to feed itself. You know, with the Ukraine crisis going on, you know, Canadian production is gonna be necessary to avert a, a famine in the world. Al Khatib believes there's still a future for the northern Manitoba port of Churchill. You know, we're, we're excited about the fact that the Manitoba government and the uh, Canadian government, you know, renewed their, uh, their uh, funding to continue with the improvement programs. And, you know, again, we worked uh, very hard on getting that uh, reconnected with the repair we did back in 2018, 2019. And, you know, again, the shortest distance for, you know, eastern Saskatchewan and northern Manitoba is Churchill Port. And although we have a limited season there, it'll be good capacity to augment the stem capacity in Vancouver that's quite limited at harvest time. So yes, there's a future for Churchill, and we're excited about the repairs that are going to be coming up and hoping that that port reopens in 2023 or 2024. Al-Khatib also commented on AGT's decision to withdraw from the Arctic Gateway Group, which owns and operates the port of Churchill. You know, to be honest, uh, when we, we didn't back away from the Arctic Gateway, we actually put it in the hands of the First Nations communities, you know, who actually rightfully wanted to make that very key to their communities. And so our commitment to the, to the federal government and to those communities was to get it repaired, you know, get the track efficient, put in the emergency measures in terms of crisis response, environmental management, you know, brush management, beaver management, build the staff, build the board, build the governance, and give it to the First Nations communities. And that's what we did. And, you know, again, it shows now that, you know, they're continuing to make their progress. We're still a friend of the, uh, of the operation. And, you know, we did exactly what we said we were going to do, and we maintain our enthusiasm for the project. Al-Khatib suggests that AGT Foods might become involved in the port of Churchill again. Well, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to see uh, Durham wheat out of west central Saskatchewan and we're going to see yellow peas and uh, CWRS and uh, lentils flowing out of Churchill to uh, Europe and the, and the North Africa Middle East region. As soon as they're ready, we'll be ready. Speaking in Yorkton at the Chamber of Commerce meeting, he also said northeastern parkland area can work with other parts of Saskatchewan to bring more value added to this province. You know, I think that regional processing is very key. You know, again, uh, farmers want to have local delivery options and value-added processing is going to be key. You know, the Yorkton region is shown with a long history, you know, with companies like Harvest Meats, who's a pioneer in value-added processing in this province. The canola industry that's come here and not only established, you know, what people thought was crazy crush capacity at one time that's now been doubled. 
you know, ultimately, uh, regional centers are close to production. They need to produce, and they need to continue to value add. So it's not all going to be in Regina and Saskatoon, but we need to plan infrastructure in a way that complements each other regionally. So, you know, I think, again, uh, as I said, Swift Current, Moose Jaw, Yorkton, Melville, you know, these are Prince Albert, North Battleford. These are going to be important communities, as are Saskatoon and Regina. We ought to make sure that we complement and not duplicate infrastructure and make sure it's all planned the right way. Murad Al-Khatib is the president and CEO of Regina-based AGT Food and Ingredients. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell $8 at $842.82. Yellow peas gained $367. At 446.25. Number one red spring wheat fell $1.33 at 429.11. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 439.34. Feed barley, 342.87. Chickpeas, 925.95. Flax, 752.98. Lentils, 704.50. Oats, 255.32. And feed wheat, 289.56. At Minneapolis, December spring wheat dropped 14 cents at 967 and a half. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the latest quotes. Hello, Calum, it's Junior for Heartland Livestock, Yorkton, with your market report for the week of October 5th. Nice run on offer here this week with 2143 in the sort, 214 cows and bulls for a total of 2357. In the feeder cattle, our market was under a little pressure with a lot of classes down 5 to 10. Here are a few highlights of this week's semitol and fluid sale. 500 pound red X steers, 275. 570 weights, 262 and a quarter. 640 weights, 265. 25. 700 pound red X steers, 255.50. And the 780 Weight Brothers at 253 and a quarter. Black steers, 500 pounds, 283.75. 560 weights at 268.25. 630 weights at 256.50. And the big block steers at 705 at 262.50. On the buckskin steers, 500 pounds at 287. 565 weights at 272.75. 640 weights at 277 and a quarter. 710 pound buckskin steers at 259. And the big brothers at 785 pounds at 253.50. All classes of the heifers are back 30 to 40 cents from their steers. On the cow and bull trade, we saw 150 cows average 99.50. The quality of the cows this week was not as good as past weeks. D1, D2 cows, a buck one to a dollar eleven. D3 cows, 88 to 99. Light Shelly cows, 53 to 82. FRS, dollar 20 to a buck 55. On the bulls, 23 big bulls average a dollar 33 with sales to 156 on a high yielding limo bull. Producers will be closed Friday, October 7th, but we'll be open for Thanksgiving Monday, October 10th, and we will be sorting Monday and Tuesday for next week's sale. Please call ahead to book your cattle as we are filling up fast for all our sales. Once again, this is Junior for Hartnett Livestock, Yorkton. Thank you and have a Great day. And today's Saskatchewan pork prices, $227.16 per CKG. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report. Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. 
and brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. This week's public offering of Crown Petroleum and Natural Gas Rights raised $5.4 million for the province, more than double the October 2021 offering. This brings the total for the fiscal year to $34.2 million for the province. The single exploration license and 72 of the 78 parcels posted had acceptable bids. The Estevan area saw the most interest, bringing in $4.3 million for 49 leases, totaling 10,000 acres. The highest bonus bid is $608,000 for 400-acre lease south of Oxbow, awarded to Adana Resources. A parcel north of Lampman received highest dollar per acre bid of over $2,500 per acre, with Scout Energy bidding $419,000 for the 160-acre lease. The single exploration license received a bonus bid of $352,000 for a 10,800-acre block of land west of Kindersley. The successful bidder was Millennium Land. The October sale is the fourth of six this fiscal year, with the next sale in early December. On the markets today, the TSX is down 199 points to 19,036. The Dow has fallen 172 points to 30,101. Oil is up 67 cents at $88.43 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 72.80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.